O God, give each of us an understanding heart, a forgiving attitude, and a discerning spirit as we relate to those who intersect our paths from day to day. In your name we pray. Amen. Like it or not, many of our headlines these days are about people vying for the American presidency. Just yesterday, Donald Trump spoke about Senator John McCain and made the following statement, quote, He's not a war hero, says Trump. He was captured. I like people who weren't captured, end quote. This, of course, has set off a political firestorm evoking responses from people in both liberal and conservative camps. But I promise you, this sermon today is not about politics. Regardless of how you feel about John McCain, the reactions were so strong because our society holds in high regard those people who have experienced times in their lives of great suffering and then have been able to transform their suffering into something else. National service, education, creativity, literature, something for the common good. Many people admire seeing suffering transformed. And they do label these people who overcome suffering as heroes. We've grown up hearing stories from Holocaust survivors like Viktor Frankl and Elie Wiesel. They witnessed horrific suffering and survived to write about it. Of course they're heroes. Or we've learned about stories of people like Rosa Parks and Martin Luther King Jr. or even Arthur Ashe or Nelson Mandela, and the ways in which they suffered and called our world to a place of tolerance, awareness, respect, and reconciliation. But then we have, we have a whole host of talented and creative types, like the late comedian Gilda Radner, who suffered for years with ovarian cancer, or Richard Pryor, the comedian, who suffered for decades with extreme depression. Or even the still-living actor Michael J. Fox, who shows us what it's like to have Parkinson's. Or the singer Glenn Campbell, who continues to battle Alzheimer's. Many people who suffer do become labeled as our heroes, because they reveal an element of our human condition that helps us see a greater truth about what it actually means to be alive. Jesus, today, traveling with the disciples to get away for a little bit. He travels on the other side of the lake, but when they land on that other side of the Sea of Galilee, in a land that was actually outside of his homeland, outside of the nation of Israel, Jesus witnesses a motley crew of marginalized people from all different backgrounds with all sorts of struggles. And Mark tells us that Jesus has compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. In other words, the people had little hope for self-improvement, little hope for prosperity, even little hope for their own domestic security and tranquility. And Jesus saw this and had compassion on them. 
The word compassion doesn't mean Jesus felt sorry for them. He might have, but that's not what we're being told. We are hearing that he had compassion. The English comes from Latin, saying that he acted cum with passio, intense feelings of suffering. Or the original Greek word which it's derived from means to, to take your innermost parts, like your heart or the life force that's in you, and to let it dwell in the midst of the situation that you're entering. In essence, Jesus gave the crowd of unknown people from an unknown territory, unknown Gentiles, he gave them his heart, and he let their suffering be his suffering so that he could help them see something truer about life itself. And the end result, as we're told, is that people came from all over and were healed. And those who arrived with great despair went home with hope. And those who were victims of oppression or discord or envy returned home to share their release, their recovery, and to share the great love that they experienced that day. Jesus' actions of compassion allowed him to be a hero that day. He revealed to himself and to them and to all who observed how the openness and the willingness to be compassionate can be transformative. How through the witnessing and the experiencing of, of another's suffering can reveal something new to the world about our own capacity to be transformed, to be renewed, about our real capacity to love one another. Those who suffer at times are most able to be transformed, to be changed, to be renewed. Jesus knew this. And many people you and I know have at least experienced a, a small glimpse of this in their own lives. Think about it. Who do you know in your family or in your circle of friends that you consider to be just an amazing person for all sorts of reasons, an amazing person? What is it about that person? Do you know the person's story well enough to see what has made them become the person that you know and love and admire? My guess is going to be that there is at least one element of real suffering or real challenge present in each one of those people's lives. Human suffering somehow gives us new eyes to see and new ways to align ourselves with others. Do I understand how this works? No, not entirely. But there is a truth that there's something that we can all experience. That there's something there that can transform each of us. It's the truth that Christ revealed to that crowd. And it's a truth that Jesus reveals to us every Sunday, every time we gather here to break bread and share the cup. The disciples and Jesus did this kind of work throughout their ministry. They, they went around finding people, 
and forging new community with them by having compassion on them and allowing themselves to be fully present. Think about it. When Mark implies that Jesus saw the people as sheep without a shepherd, it means that the people in this story were nationless, classless, without a tribe or any other kind of group or caste. They were nobodies who became somebodies on that day. And the actions of Jesus and for his disciples, the actions of Jesus and his disciples far outweigh what they actually say. Did you notice this? In the reading this morning, there's almost nothing actually quoted as spoken. They say almost nothing, but they do all that they do out of compassion. That fact alone challenges me, and I hope it challenges you. Who are the people around us? Think about it. Who are the people around us that we refuse to offer compassion because it hurts too much? It hurts too much to suffer the way they suffer. Who are they? And who are the people in our communities that don't experience love from others, who don't feel connected in with a larger group? Who are the people who think they're nobodies. And then today, Jesus is asking us, no, Jesus is begging us to go out on his behalf and let them know without a doubt that yes, they have value, that yes, they matter, that yes, they are somebody. This is hero work, my friends. It's going to cause all of us to break ourselves open a little bit more, and at times it might hurt. But this work is not only given to us, but it's work that we've actually been empowered to do through our baptism, to seek and serve Christ in all persons, loving our neighbor as ourselves. This is empowering work. It's celebratory work. And it's our work given to us by God for us to do here in the heart of downtown Phoenix. No matter how painful or how scary this is, and no matter how tired we feel, the disciples at the beginning of this reading, they were tired. But no matter how tired we feel, Jesus walks in these situations with us. He gives us his heart to in turn give to others. We are his vehicles, his agents, his ambassadors on this quest to heal the world. And when we embark on this in a real and intentional way, real life happens. The human experience becomes much more broad. God wins, and the list of heroes goes on and on and on all because we have said yes to Christ and the compassion he wants us to offer others so that we'll see something greater in the human condition and become more fully alive in his love. This week, where will you break open your heart and let it reside?